Hello, and welcome back to A Three Bean Salad. Here we go again. Good to see you all, my little cum puppets. Anyways, um, so <laughs> this week we're talking about Mamma Mia, 2008 film, directed by Phil Lloyd, as we do every other week. And uh, it's a movie about a group of Irish influencers trying to emulate yeah, the success said of the that, hype You said that, but house. what does it mean? <laughs> Uh, all will be revealed. Uh, we're talking about Mamma Mia. I'm sorry for joking around, guys. But why would you think of the movie this week? I mean, it was fantastic. I, I'm, I'm pissed off about the amount of editing I'm going to have to do. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I've got things to say. Uh, it was a fantastic film. Read into it a lot. It took a lot more notes than I expected to. Uh, yeah, okay. it, was, it was fantastic. I loved it. Good film. Good to hear. I'm glad. I'm glad you also enjoyed it. I was afraid I wouldn't enjoy it this week and I've told you in private I kind of I'm not sure if I explained that I was worried that it might dampen my experience of the movie but uh for those listening uh we've basically gotten or at least I've gotten to the point of the year where I'm now dreaming about Mamma Mia and ABBA adjacent material uh and last night I had a dream that I was a Simpsons character and actually, you know, what? I'm gonna delve into. I'm gonna add another layer to it. I was a Simpsons character, but The Simpsons existed as a cartoon show in my dream. But it wasn't like a like they weren't actors. They were still cartoons, even though they looked like real people. So kind of uh, a bit like the Mamma Mia problem. Do The Simpsons exist in my Simpsons-based dream? Anyways, uh, all throughout my dream, uh, all I could hear was the headmaster of uh oxford is that the college in here we go again is it, it oxford is. i think it the dean the headmaster of oxford uh <laughs> just yelling uh what the day <laughs> over and over and over in my dream and also the main guitar part from uh when i kissed the teacher and so I woke up this morning with that song viciously cycling around my head like I, I could not drown it out. And so when I watched uh, Mamma Mia this week, even though when I kiss the, pe- the teacher doesn't appear in this movie, uh, I just I needed to do something to drown it out. Uh, so I watched the movie while like aggressively cleaning dishes and like kind of brought my laptop around the house like cleaning shit, just anything to to drown it out so I could at least somewhat enjoy the movie turned out great, 5 out of 5 no changes but uh Butch, do you want to crack on with some notes? oh, I I would love to crack on with my notes getting my my bleeps ready as we speak uh oh fuck first note, uh this is a this is a, a note that this is quite later in the film, but I it, it only occurred to me at the the very start, and so I wanted to get it down as soon as possible. And that's Donna and Sam back to back against that wall in SOS is called back to in one of us in Here We Go Again. Sophie and Sky do basically the oh, same thing. They so do. You're yeah. so right. Uh, nice one. That's interesting that you have a, a callback note because I also have a. A callback note. Uh, I might just t- get it. I'll get it out of the way now. Um, Tanya alludes to a an Aphrodite spa very early on in the Ooh. film, and in the second film, 
when the hotel's been renovated, there is a spa in the hotel, which Tanya and Rosie are brought to by Sophie during... Uh, oh, I can't remember. I think it's uh, I Have a Dream. Mm. So, yeah, another little callback in the second film. Thought nice. that was kind of neat. Uh, secondly, is both films start with Sophie sending letters, because they're obviously a racket for big post office. Uh... <laughs> I was wondering when we were going to get onto Big Post Office. <laughs> My next note is that uh, the title of the film, the dot on the exclamation mark, is a disco ball, which I noticed this viewing. Uh, that's all. I've literally never noticed that. What the fuck? Why would you, is the thing. Uh, I'm tough, I'm tall, I'm tiny, and we're going to fuck this place. I'm convinced that's what they're saying. Uh <laughs> You cannot... I've looked at the subtitles, that's not what they say. But you can't convince me up... I mean, you you can hear it in your head. That is what they are saying, right? Yeah, yeah, I can totally hear it. And I'm not going to be able to unhear it. That's going into the same part of my brain where Julie Walters' is, What's up? is stored. Yeah. Uh, okay, next note is Sophie says at some point, I was ransacking some old trunks. Uh, and my note is, firstly, are they storage trunks or swimming trunks? Secondly, uh, like Donnie in Donnie Darko with the gun, where he's sort of led there, oh. led led into the closet to find the gun, she's being fucking led to the trunks, be they swimming trunks or storage trunks, to find the diary. Uh, Shit. I'm basing this on no evidence other than I, you can't prove me wrong. Uh, well, no, because the thing I think there is evidence because Sophie. Oh, okay, that's good. Moving gives on. Birth. <laughs> she, she gives birth to Donnie Darko in the second film, that and so obviously true. it's a hereditary, a hereditary thing. Like she's passed it down onto him. Interesting. Uh, like, prove prove me wrong. I, Try. I guess I can't. You, nope. Yeah. I don't think we ever learned Sky's last name. It could be Sky Darko, for all we know. Uh, I like to think that maybe it's uh, Sky Brido, uh, but Donnie rebels and changes his surname. Anyway, my next note is in Honey Honey. Sophie says, as soon as she reads out the first entry, she says, Sam's the one but then immediately goes on to state that she doesn't know, like, Sophie, make up your fucking mind, love. Uh, it just doesn't sit okay. right. It just doesn't sit right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. My next note. Get your bleeps ready. Oh, fuck. Uh, look, I really, I really don't want to overload you with bleeps. But I fucking knew it, it. You were gonna go hard on. Oh, uh, you! I haven't started yet, mate. Uh, mm. <laughs> fuck you. Again, <laughs> I never thought I'd hear you say that again. But uh, put me down, Sky says, while pouncing on Ali and Lisa like the slime he is. <laughs> yeah. No, that's uh, that's some s- such slime ball behavior. It's just, it's like, uh... You wanted me to fall to, on top of you. Exactly. It's just disguised, like, predatory tendencies. Yeah. That's all it Dickhead. is. And there are pins in the dresses, the fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> You'll take your eye out. 
Uh, my next note is whole woman cookbook equals cannibal, as we've established before. Sunny side up, lots of ham equals cannibal, as we've established before. <laughs> what I'm getting at, did Rosie write a book about cooking Sam? <laughs> it's, okay, in my head, this works if um, the like the boat scene, like sunny side up, lots of ham. Uh, if that takes place at the end of the movie which it could there's nothing to suggest it it's like this movie isn't chronological you know hmm. i mean sure some people would call that far fetched but i think it's perfectly plausible that um halfway through the movie they show us the ending before it happens and that is sam being cooked <laughs> and served oh that would make sense because Harry's going on to Bill about him and the little lady, i.e. take a chance on me. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yep, yeah, it all makes... Okay, that's the very last scene of the film. <laughs> <laughs> that actually takes place after the events of Here We Go Again. Uh, oh, my God. I've got a quote here from Donna, <laughs> which is just, I'm good at modern. When does she say that? What? I think it's when she's going on about, oh, machines that make the beds and Sky's websites, and Sophie says something to her, and she goes, but I'm good at modern. See, yeah, I I knew she said a line there, but it's just, in my head, it's just like, is it like, I don't know, I was trying to, like, think in my head, and as you brought that scene up, I was like, isn't that line just like, blah, 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 blah? I mean, but, it's supposed to be, but I watched it with subtitles this week, and uh, she, yep, I just made a note of that. My next note, we've talked about a lot of different imagery here before, but is nobody gonna talk about the dolphin imagery in this film? Because oh, it's dolphin, time you brought it up. dolphins are fucking everywhere. There's a dolphin in the courtyard, there's a dolphin thing in the, the goat house, that, oh, there is. That, that's yeah, it, right. uh, as far as I'm aware. So I, lo- <laughs> I looked up what dolphins symbolize. Apparently they symbolize harmony, balance, protection, and resurrection. So what do we make of Beautiful. that? Beautiful. Oh, resurrection. Well, okay, resurrection. I know we've been tinkering ever so slightly with you know, flirting with Christ allegories this year. But I don't think we've had anything really, really solid. I mean, we we have the manger. We have no room at the inn. We've got resurrection all of a sudden. Uh, mm. And I mean, it, you know, that would make sense with um, Donna coming back at the end of the second film. That's a resurrection of sorts. Mm. Uh, Donna being reborn as her own daughter or her <laughs> own daughter being reborn as her. You know what I mean. You know what I'm getting at. It's, you know... Anyway, uh, my next note, <laughs> uh, I finally figured out the goat story, uh, as we do every week. Oh, I thank God. I finally figured it out. <laughs> and, you really got it this time. Uh, the goat story this week is that that goat is, the, the goat that Donna bumps into in this film is the same goat that was chasing her in Here We Go Again. And oh. I have got it written here that that goat was chasing Donna for 20 years, but she just kept evading it <laughs> without realizing it. And it finally caught her in this film, thus giving her cancer. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, while I respect that you have figured out the goat story, I too have a possible goat story, which in a sense is very true, in that it happened in real life. Oh, Um, dear. So, (laughs) at the start of the episode, I made a silly joke about some Irish influencers, but I have a line here from, uh, I believe it's Sam, which is... uh, Donna ejected us from the goat house. Now, we have mentioned on this podcast before that GOAT is an uh, acronym. Is that the right word for greatest of all time? Or is it... Is that the right word? Acronym? That's the correct word. Perfect. Acronym for greatest of all time. Uh, Our Irish listeners may be aware that sometime last year, a group of Irish influencers, including... A couple, uh, fucking something in Lewis. I don't know. I don't care. Although, look, there's a whole, there's a whole thing. Never mind. They started their own version of uh, LA's hype house, which is a like a house full of influencers just making content all day and like playing pranks on each other. I think, uh, fucking uh, Jake Paul or Logan Paul lived. Maybe both of them. They both might have lived in there. It was their whole thing, and there was a whole lot of shit with it, whatever. And so a load of Irish influencers decided to try and emulate that. And they chose the name The Goat House. And it was based in South Dublin. Uh, And again, the intention was greatest of all time, house. However. However. Okay. This house was based in an area called Goatstown. It was kind of a double play, okay? Uh, I grew up very near Goatstown, and after this whole thing was unveiled and they were announcing who's living in the goat house, they had the absolute piss taken out of them because in Goatstown there is a pub called the Goat House, and it's like a real like old people pub with a bunch of fucking donkeys out the back in a field and they, it just hadn't occurred to them that, that that there was already an establishment called the Goat House in the area. So my so essentially what you're saying is there's an old Goat House and a new Goat House. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, yeah, I hadn't thought of it that way. What I was going to say was um, Sam, Harry, and uh, Bill had applied to be uh, influencers in the Goat House and were rejected by Donna because... Uh, there was just too much tension but that like you know donna was just talking about she was like oh or no sorry sam was like oh this happened years ago and just like a little inconsequential bit of information he decided to drop on sophie just completely out of the blue interesting well i think yours is probably better i I mean (laughs) here's how i'm viewing it all right the dads i mean bill we know of course, he writes stuff. It's very possible. I'm guessing he has, like, a large Instagram presence. Like, he's probably posting photos from Botswana all the time. He's a fucking... Oh, for sure. He's an influencer who's just on the way there anyway. He happens to pick up uh, Sam and Harry, you know, they cause, just because they need a ride. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's he's fucking... He's, he's an influencer who wants to go and visit this fucking greatest of all time house. And so he's he specifically <laughs> asks for a room in the goat house, but Sophie mistakenly gives him a room in the old goat house, not the new one. 
and that's why um when donna try uh, no when uh harry and sam are like oh we should we should probably leave uh that's why bill is so adamant on them staying you know he gives that real i actually have a note on uh two lines or more specifically two words that bill says that really tickle me really 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 tickle my brain just a little bit really float my goat you might say uh earlier on in the film he says uh out of the blue and it's just the way he says blue just scratches a nice little itch in my in my brain stem uh but then also the <laughs> when harry's like we should really leave this goat house i built they're like oh yeah we should chill out in your boat and bill just goes nope (laughs) (laughs) that's why he wants to stay so badly he's like we made it to the goat house yeah he's like wow it's this really like trendy and cool what they've done with the play very cottage core Mm, very rustic yeah very it's very it's very now (laughs) anyway moving on to the incest uh so, oh, for fuck's sake. So, Tanya and Pepper. Let's talk about Tanya and Pepper, uh, because we haven't talked about it. Tanya and Pepper anywhere near enough on this podcast. I knew this was coming. I knew this was... I, I, I knew, knew this it. day would I, come. When I saw that message from you this morning, I was like, ah, oh, fuck, this is about Tanya and Pepper. So, <laughs> I've written down here uh, about two pages of notes, uh, really, uh, which I wrote down oh very hurriedly, basically, as thoughts came to me. So this is... I'm just going to read them oh all God. off, and you are going to basically witness my thought process at the time. Okay, so... Tanya and Pepper is obviously Oedipus. Quote, old enough to be your mother. Pepper, probably a long-lost kid from husband oh. number one or two. Like Oedipus, Pepper was warned oh, no. of his fate by an oracle and so ran away to escape from his fate, obviously ran to the island. I guess drawing a veil over last night is a bit like stabbing your eyes out. <laughs> she literally sings, does your mother know at him? Which uh, led me to a even more disturbing conclusion. Oh shit. She does she know he's her son but he doesn't. Oh, no. She doesn't want this child in her life so she never tells him that she's his mother, but that means he keeps coming on to her. She gets drunk and he takes advantage. Brackets lack of a mother figure in his life has made him incredibly disrespectful <sighs> towards no. women. She stabs her eyes out, so to speak, sings the song that hints at their relationship, and presumably he runs into the woods and dies between films. <laughs> uh, that's that's all I've written down. Uh, do you have anything you want to add? Uh, I just want to say and make it so clear that I hate you for putting me through that. Um... <laughs> Why was there a five minute long really bleep do. just then? <laughs> I I fucking I hate I hate that you brought that up. I hate Um let me let me just tell you where I'm at the moment. I mean I okay, I, bathroom, everyone listening, right? uh in case you didn't know, I record I, I'm in my bathroom, I record my bathroom because it's a small fucking apartment and I am uh, I am on my hunkers uh, with my head between my knees just oh, 
just holding my temple and just like just trying to not think of what you've just told me (laughs) but obviously by trying to not think about it I'm done thinking about it I mean you're gonna um, you're gonna be thinking about uh, it every time you watch the film from now on I mean going back to ancient Greek literature obviously I mean you know Oedipus is a Greek play so yep Yep. Um, it's all obviously I, intentional. I think um, <laughs> I think um, I think I've had enough. Anyway, Thanks. so uh, um, could so we uh, moving on? Uh, <laughs> could we move on? My next note, because it was Oscar nights last night, is this film won no Oscars. Uh, just <laughs> worth worth pointing out that the Academy is a. Yeah, what the fuck? Uh, this film didn't win any Oscars either when it came out or last night, which is a shame. Uh, next note is our last. I mean, this sum- happened last year with uh, "He Who Shall Not Be Named." Well, no. Uh, my note after that is <laughs> a note that I began writing and then decided against and crossed out. So I'm sure you can imagine it's lively. Uh, my next note is. Uh, Oh boy! My next note is Bill and Harry totally banged. Oh, I hope they did. Like the way they beha- the way they're acting on the boat after the hen party, like how they're both kind of shy and awkward, and just like oh no, after you, and like they're both kind of interrupting each other, and they both at the same time just kind of very bluntly go, "I need to get something off my chest." Like they definitely banged last night. Y- yeah, I'd say at the very least because like maybe. You know, if Sam was staying on the boat as well. Oh no, they fucked the the ham, didn't they? (laughs) I was gonna say, at the very least, there was a a very quiet but very intimate hand job. Ham uh, job, more like. In one of the bunks. (laughs) For fuck's sake. Oh god. Yeah, they both bonded over murdering and cooking Sam. <laughs> Which brings me on to my next. But there note. is so like a. <laughs> I was just gonna say there's so there is such sexual tension between, at least, uh, Bill and Harry. But uh, I do have a note to say that the chemistry between the three dads is actually quite good. It was just something I took note of this week. I was yeah. like, actually, like you know what, whatever about their actual musical performance and whatnot, and some of it being kind of uh, hammy. Uh, <laughs> I think their chemistry is quite good on screen. Uh, uh, yeah, there is definitely sexual tension between Bill and Harry. I mean, the second film, they do the fucking Titanic pose together, for God's sakes. I mean, Bill ties Harry down yeah. to a chair, and I mean, Bill looks like he's experienced in that sort of thing. And do you honestly mean to tell me that Bill isn't bisexual? Like, Bill will shag anything that moves. I'd, e- I'd even go so far as to say pansexual. Like... He could be lucky. Lucky he could be whatever he wants. Maybe he doesn't even use a label. He's just like yeah, exactly. He's uh, what, ha- he's, what he's happens He's the biggest happens. stud in Europe, and that's fine. That's the only label he needs. <laughs> biggest stud in Europe. <laughs> a stud like a horse, Absolutely. and we all know what horses eat: ham. Uh, <laughs> disclaimer: I don't know anything about horses. Please do not feed your horses ham and then sue us. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, getting on to my ham note. Uh, at what point did they replace Sam with a tulpa so they could cook the original Sam? 
So, like, how much of this film is original Sam and how much isn't? Oh, I'm trying to think if there's any moment where there's, like, a, a, a big shift in his character. And to be honest, I'm thinking maybe the hen party, because I do have a note about one particular smile that he gives Sophie, which is just... What, let's see, I have I have it written down here. I won't I won't fumble my words. I'll I'll read off the fucking page like a good boy. Uh Sam's voulez vous smile is so Irish. I could have done that without the note, but um <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, it's a very Irish looking smile, so I'm wondering if maybe they they made Sam's topa just a they geared up the, the Irish setting a little bit. But I make make him make him more of an Irish ham, give him a give him a a, a more a more Irish head. Uh, I'm gonna say hen party. The, uh, what's the fucking ham quality assurance board we've got here? Because they did a shit job of him. <laughs> Is it? I guess I'd be under board beer, maybe. I suppose so. It's they, probably there. How the fuck did they let that with? ham out of the country? Like that's that's not for export. <laughs> that's a danger to shipping. <laughs> It's got teeth, for fuck's sake. I don't like the ham with skin, please. <laughs> it's all hairy. Uh, it keeps talking to me. They and... made me eat the whole ham. Speaking of eating the whole ham, is this how you finance. get... Is this how you get rid of time travel anomalies? Eating them? Ooh. The extra Sam is some, something that the timeline just spat out somewhere. Maybe that's the artifact. And what are you going to do with the artifact other than eat it? Yeah, I guess like waste not want not and all that. Humans are the only animal that can consent to be eaten. Amen. Unless like a, a dog smiles at you. <laughs> then it's okay, as we all know. <laughs> No! Do not eat your dog because it smiles at you. We do not condone such action. But we do not inherently condemn it, it either. But um, if your hamster spins around three times, that's an invitation. I'm just going to move on. So, uh... Oh, yes. I have a quote here from Pepper. Uh, the quote is... Oh, no. Uh, Tanya is on the pedal boat and she says oh dear look at the time I have work to do he says work and she goes yes a little repair and renovation and then he goes you don't mess with a masterpiece what the fuck does that mean in this context um I think I god you know what I never paid attention to that line and I never really understood it but in my head like right now I'm thinking it's probably another plastic surgery joke but like what like first of all why what like Tanya's not going to get plastic surgery on the island I, I, there's no mention of that at any point um, I, I guess Pepper just took it to mean I'm off to get Botox or something but, more like boat tox um, <laughs> oh, eat shit <laughs> um, maybe I don't know. Maybe she's gonna go help Donna uh, fill in the big crack in the courtyard, and uh, Pepper's like, "No, I, I, I prefer it with the big crack in the dolphin." <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what they mean. Uh, yeah, also, I think there's so. Uh, so anyway, my next note. This is something I've noticed uh, since before we started this podcast, but I've never put it into words. I don't know why. 
But when Tanya gets to the beach, uh, Ali or Lisa, whichever one, the the Scottish one. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, that's um, that's Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's a uh, uh, that's Alyssa. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Scrooge McDuck uh, hands her a towel, and uh, it's just it, oh, wait. It, what? What? <laughs> Scrooge McDuck? Well, they're both Scottish, aren't they? Uh, oh. <laughs> so anyway, Billy Connolly hands her a towel, and... Uh, and just between shots, uh, it's, it, on one, I think on one shot, it's as she's coming to shore, and she's on one side of her, and Pepper says, don't mess with a masterpiece, and then it immediately cuts to the next shot, where... Uh, Rob Brydon says, ignore him, he's all mouth and no trousers. Uh, and when it cuts to... <laughs> when it cuts to... Rob the... Brydon Welsh! <laughs> alright, alright. Someone's been quoting from the Bean 97 script a bit too much. Uh, <laughs> my point Peter is Capaldi. that when David Tennant says, all mouth and no trousers, in between cuts, Tanya has, I think, switched which side she's on. Right. So basically, it's okay. a continuity error between shots, is what I'm getting at, and you just had to go make it for racist. Uh, for fuck's sake! What? So my uh, second to last note is uh, saying I'm a writer totally unprompted is such a writer thing to do. Am I right? Yeah. Am I right? So- Am I right? No. <laughs> Shut up, you fucking. Speaking writer. as a writer, I know that that yeah, is the sort of exactly. thing we do. And my final it note is, is You've come to look for a king Like Oedipus the king I thank you Oh fuck's sake You just, you just had to throw a call back Into your gross fucking notes didn't you I, Look I didn't do anything I just reported the facts as I saw them mm, Yeah that's what all the Fucking creeps say <laughs> <laughs> Oh god well When all that derogatory material out of the way. Um, I, <laughs> uh, do you mind if I if I fire away with my notes? Yes, I do mind. I mind heavily. Let's yeah. end the episode right here. Okay. No. Can can we not? I have some nice ones. <laughs> I disagree, but okay. Okay. Um, I've already dropped a few of mine in, so I'm just gonna go through the remaining ones. Uh, first one I have here is the. Baseline in uh, some of these are uh, musically based uh, notes. So if anyone is into that kind okay, of thing, okay, I'll just zone out for a second. <laughs> uh, the baseline in Money, Money, Money is really interesting because I think in the second chorus or maybe the final chorus, uh, instead of playing its regular thing, it plays the main melody. Uh, like the the melody that uh, Donna is singing, like the actual vocal melody, which is a really odd thing to do with a bass line. Normally, you use bass to produce like counterpoint and like uh, harmonic richness and all that kind of shit. So I just thought it was really cool. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I've deci- I decided in this watch that uh, I was gonna ignore most of Sam's lines because very early on I realized he speaks in riddles. Uh, or rhymes like you know tell tell me what you think of this oh you're a little minx you are you're, no sorry 
Ba ba ba. Let's try that again. Oh, you're a little minx. You're just like your mother. I'm glad my boys haven't met you. They'd never recover. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh no no it's like no. It <laughs> <laughs> just sounds like the kind of shit that like a. I don't. Did they sounds give like him what a leprechaun, leprechaun would say to lead you to its gold? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like it just sounds like a like they just went hmm. Well, Sam's going to be played by an Irishman. Give him a, a rhymey, a rhymey liney. Like. And then have him ask so if soon. there's any potatoes on the island. Yeah. <laughs> God, actually, his, his accent really comes out when he says island. Yeah. Now that you mention it. Anyways. Um, when they're talking about donna's mother and catholic guilt and all the rest are they talking about the same mother because Cher does not seem like that kind of mother and you know i will quote donna in the second film she's not that kind of mom i mean look it's possible that donna had two mommies uh, exactly that's why i have written down which of donna's mums are they talking about <laughs> Uh, they never say the name Cher once in this movie, so uh, yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe her two mother, maybe Ruby has split personality. One of which is Ruby, and one of which is Cher. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, and that explains the the album art of a uh, dancing queen. Cher's the one that we see in Here We Go Again. You know, the Cher personality mm. is fully taken over. Maybe she's gotten therapy in the time since. Uh, you know, she's Perhaps. She, she specifically says to Sophie, you know, I say we move past this. Being a grudge holder makes you fat, which sounds like advice a therapist would give someone. Uh, so maybe she's <laughs> maybe she's been to therapy between films, but the share personality has has become dominant and is going by the name Ruby. Whereas uh, before, here we go again. There were two personalities that she would split between. One of which was Ruby, who was this repressed Catholic woman. And one of which was Cher, who was this Las Vegas showgirl. Uh, right. that's, that's my fear. Okay. I'm willing to buy it uh, 100%. Maybe I have no that's why Donna see. says there's someone up there laughing at me, and I get the feeling it's my mother. She's talking about the personality that her mother no longer has. Oh. Uh, that personality's dead in its own way. <laughs> uh, it's all coming together. Time travel uh, doesn't factor into these films. It all just makes sense. Yes. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, da- <laughs> Dancing Queen fucks. I, kn- I know I say this pretty much every time I watch this movie and the other movies. It, it appears in both movies. But it fucks. It's a fucking amazing song. And ABBA knew what they were doing when they wrote that shit. Do you know how I know they knew what they were doing? Do you know how I know that they knew they, they, knew they had a fucking master? Fucking school. No, not because of that. I just just think about the way Dancing Queen is structured. It's it's structured slightly different in straight into the chorus for starters. Yes, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Abba were like we, you know, most songs you get at least like a short verse at the start. Uh, The studio version of Dancing Queen does have like an instrumental intro. But the first lyrics you hear are the fucking chorus because Abba were like, we don't need to, we don't need to introduce this. This is a masterpiece. We fucking know it. It's gonna go straight into the chorus because it's that good. The chorus is that fucking amazing. It is a masterpiece. It is the like one of the best fucking pop songs ever written. I fucking love it so much. 
Oh, it's Most so famous good. piano roll of all time, arguably. Amen. It's definitely up there. Um, anyways, sorry about that, everyone. Uh, I aspire to have the confidence of Tanya and Rosie's love for all things culinary. That's a note. I mean, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, I think I might... I have, a, like, a theory about why the instrumental for Don't Go Wasting Your Emotions is so weird and so goofy sounding. So, in the versions of the ABBA songs in uh, Mamma Mia, there's a lot of synth parts are replaced with strings. Like, it happens in a Dancing Queen, as a matter of fact, the, the, the synth that appears in the chorus... No, not the chorus, sorry, the verse is replaced with a string section in Mamma Mia, whereas in the original studio version, it's a synth. And obviously, ABBA were around like the 70s and 80s, which is considered a kind of golden age for synthesizers. They were new. It was an exciting thing. People were working really hard to make better instruments in like the electronics field. And there's a lot of instruments that are no longer produced like from that era, and they're very hard to get your hands on. Uh, but there are lots of digital emulators that kind of get the essence of those synthesizers but they're always kind of off like they're like there's just something uncanny mm. about them and they a lot of the time they sound very cheesy so I reckon that could be what happened with the fucking uh, instrumental for Don't Go Wasting Your Emotions because the uh, original is very like synth driven the original ABBA version and for the movie they're like let's try get these synthesizers but you know few problems there expensive fucking expensive to get that like old 80s slash 70s gear yeah and Abba, uh, Abba as we know are an incredibly unpopular <laughs> band absolutely no money to be made there <laughs> yeah just a, a humble Swedish folk band um, using but also the instruments they like... found on the streets of Berlin <laughs> amen that's but as well um, excessive <laughs> absolutely uh, but also accessibility like actually getting your hands on that gear could be incredibly difficult especially if you want like ones that were actually pro- like you know first issue productions and all that kind of yeah, shit especially if you Any... set yourself a goal of doing all the music in one day <laughs> like their foot like Benny and Bjorn are fucking maniacs I don't know what they're at like see like they're they- get results damn it they do get results but you know uh they're like they are like so humble but they're also fucking maniacs trying to like get that much work done in such a short amount of time i respect it but fuck me anyways okay uh i noticed this week that uh oh wait fuck sorry i skipped a note there is the implication of uh, don't go wasting your emotions that if if Sophie found her dad, Sky would be jealous of Sophie having another man in her life? That's kind of gross. Uh, just going by the chat that they have before the song, Sky's like, "You don't need to find your dad. You've got me. You don't need anyone but me." It's incredibly toxic and fucking mm. slimy. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you know. it's because he knows that her dad might be Sam, who is, of course, as we've established, Sky's dad. Uh... <laughs> oh, shit! Anyway, but look, moving on. <laughs> few, 
Um, I'm going to try power through these next few because there's a there could be some discussion had over a few of them. But this uh, next one is I didn't realize that, you know, at the end of Voulez Vous, uh, you hear uh, all the characters like kind of huddling around Sophie and being like, oh, give her some air, yada, yada, yada. And oh, you could tell me what the sky say there. What does he shout? He yells. He yells, baby. Uh, it's inc- an incredibly wimpy yell that fucking gets on my nerves for some reason. Um, I think it's no, just it's better than insult. I... He's calling her a baby. <laughs> Who faints <laughs> at a hen I... party, you big baby? But what I didn't realize was um, that soundbite is taken from a scene that happens later in the film. It's uh, when uh, Sophie comes running down the sky out of the pier and he runs after before they have that uh, fucking argument and against this guy as a big slimy bastard uh, he, he yells baby again and I compared them it's the same yell they just clipped it from that that scene interesting uh, time travel me thinks mm. yeah she she zipped forward for a few seconds when she passed out happens mm. it, it happens laws <laughs> of physics have changed since I last checked apparently yeah Absolutely. Uh, slipping through my fingers takes on a new meaning if you subscribe to the theory that Donna and Sophie are the same person. Especially uh, Donna's uh, line that she says just before they go into the song, which is, we have time. Uh, yeah, especially takes on a different meaning when you remember that the goat story based through interpretive dance is about trying to hold on to your youth, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, and there Donna is holding on to her youth, quite literally. There's definitely some lines in the song I was thinking of that really, like, exemplify it. Um, nah, I'll I'll come up with it some other time. But just listen to it. I advise I advise the audience to I advise do the audience some homework. to watch both these films. Yes, absolutely. Now, uh, I had a pre film thought that I wanted to go into this movie with and uh, look out for the entire time but I was very tired uh, watching this this morning I completely forgot until halfway through the movie to start looking out for it but of course we've discussed the Mamma Mia problem in some detail, a little bit of detail in that you know what songs in this universe are like do ABBA exist in the Mamma Mia universe basically Mm. because Benny and Bjorn are there, but are they ABBA, or what's the crack? But another kind of more general I suppose thought exercise that can be carried out, and this could be applied to many, many musicals, in fact it can probably be applied to all musicals uh, what songs are diegetic in this mm-hmm. film? Like, What songs happen in universe? And I only remembered halfway through the film that I was meant to bear this in mind for the whole movie uh because at the end of my last watch of this, I had the realization that a uh, take a chance on me has to be diegetic because it's the stamping on the ground when the whole uh, crowd are dancing and singing along that causes the fountain to finally burst out of the ground. So like that's that's not a metaphor. Th- those are real life consequences of the uh, like the choreography of that that scene. Hey, has it ever occurred to you that maybe every song is diegetic in all musicals? <sighs> See, but I can't. Thank you. I can't. I can't buy that. You know, I just can't. Anyways, to, I have. I'm a, trying to think. I have a dream I could totally see being diegetic, uh, 
because that is just Sophie kind of singing to herself. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, See, I almost ar- I almost argued against that. I was gonna say, oh, but it could be, but no, it, she totally could just be singing to herself. Yeah. I do have a few notes on certain songs. I think um, Super Trooper. I think that's absolutely fair to say. Diegetic. That's absolutely diegetic, hundred uh, percent. Gimme, gimme, gimme! A man after midnight. Uh, I think is totally diegetic because you can hear it playing in the background while uh, Donna is uh, venting to fucking uh, Tanya and Rosie and also Harry is physically tied up and has to escape and again once he escapes you can still hear the song playing mm. in the background uh, Voulez-vous I think is diegetic because you can hear it playing in the background of all the conversations that happen in that scene and also the next morning Sky and Pepper show up uh, with a pair of bagpipes and they're singing voulez-vous as they come up the steps to the courtyard mm. uh, Slipping Through My Fingers is a complicated one I think it exists in universe but I don't think Donna and Sophie uh, I don't think Donna sings it because uh, I think the part where she's singing is completely like in place of just a night, you know, her helping Sophie getting ready but when Sophie opens the music box on her like vanity desk, that plays the melody of slipping through my fingers while they have a conversation, and then they both go back into the song. Mm. Uh, so it's a complicated one, but I think I think it's semi-diegetic, is what I'll say. And the last one, oh, take a chance on me was my last one because the fountain couldn't explode without that group of people bouncing around and partying. And what about Leo? Your uh, love on me. See again. I think that's a complicated one, and I only remember to start taking notes after that had happened because, obviously, my instinctual you could look thought at it. is the on the beach it's non-diegetic, and at the hen party is diegetic. Yes, I think that's pretty fair. But again, what about when? <laughs> what about when the stag party emerges from the ocean and carries Sky away, and? I don't know actually that could still be metaphorical I guess could be in place of them just showing up it's metaphorical for how his manhood has been overtaken by a bunch of toxic dude bros Mm. and how that's dragging him away from finding real connection and real fulfillment with uh, a, a charming young woman you know it's kind of like it's kind of like fight club how you know like a, a woman invades uh, this man's this man's safe space, uh, the, a very masculine space, and he feels threatened by this woman, and so he has to create this like th- spoilers for Fight Club, by the way. Uh, he has to create this like super masculine fucking uh, s- creation just to you know to to you know bring himself into his own new masculine safe space that basically just becomes a fucking neo-Nazi group. But it's only once he finally accepts you know that the the only way he can really be happy is by rejecting this notion of masculinity this toxic notion that he's he's able to be finally happy and so the film obviously ends with a bunch of phallic symbols literally crumbling to the ground and him sharing a platonic handhold with 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 the one like woman in his life he finally forms a connection with this person that actually means something beyond sex and abuse and you know the guys carrying sky off is kind of kind of like that except a lot 
sadder because he doesn't ever, you know, <laughs> reject them or recover. But it is it is just a, a metaphor for the toxic traits of masculinity pre- literally preventing him from forming any sort of meaningful connection uh hey butch that's me yeah your film student is showing oh fuck oh no oh no <laughs> <laughs> uh i think that's pretty fair and that was actually very well put together uh um i am fresh out of notes Cool. So well, I, I think that the... uh, I think it's a. I mean, it's about time we got the Fight Club comparisons out of the way. I mean, they were bubbling <laughs> under. I know. <laughs> oh yeah, baby, they've been bubbling under for quite some time. Shall we get on to the mailbag? Absolutely, baby. All right. Well, the podcast uh, actually got a question this week, which is from fr- freaking Alien Alfie. Which is the question is. What's the podcasts plural currently about? Uh, this podcast. This podcast is about um, God. Honestly, I think it's about it's about a God. bunch of Irish influencers that attempted to emulate uh, Logan Paul's hype house by starting their own version in Dublin. It's Only about a bunch of Irish influencers who attempted to emulate the worst idea of all time by <laughs> uh, doing a podcast where they watch bad movies every week, except some of the movies ended up being good. Uh, and that's that's <laughs> it. Anyway, you're, the question you have... It's, it's about a goat. Um, I got this question last week from friend of the show and relative of mine, Joe to Earth. Do you feel there's more or less to dissect in these movies compared to the beans? How dare you? We haven't <laughs> even started yet. <laughs> Why, we're only in the single digits of episodes. We have many, many more theories to come. We have at least two guests lined up for multiple recurring uh, uh, guest spots. We we Amen. we have lots of plans. I mean, have you not listened to this week's episode? I mean, for God's sake, it's the amount that we can dissect the goat story alone. <laughs> we have I oh. <laughs> completely unwittingly. I promise I haven't been intentionally trying to make this a thing, but we have come up with a, at least one new explanation every single week so far. Uh they do just kind of appear like it it really I can't don't help it that I work. keep discovering the truth all right <laughs> every week I'm just being I'm being red pilled by ghosts <laughs> it's insane Joey to answer your question my friend um I think no you know I don't think it's fair to make a full comparison yet like butch said we're only getting started with this but I feel like the the thing about Mamma Mia compared to uh, the good Bean movie, the first one, like I feel everything was on screen and there for us with Bean. Like there was always stuff to just get on screen, and it was a little more. The script was more airtight, whereas I feel like the script for the both Mamma Mia movies, you can have some fun with it. You can read it so many different ways. So I think they're very different forms of dissection. To be honest with you, that's true. Whereas with being like with being everything is so like almost obvious when you look at it with fifty-two weeks of hindsight, like 
<laughs> it's 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 you know like all of the conclusions we eventually came to i mean it was all there and it was all obviously on purpose like everything from it being perfectly symmetrical to it syncing up with whatever fucking album you played it with to grierson actually being dead the whole time like it all it was all there from day one it just took us a while to notice you know it was it's yeah. none of that's up for interpretation because that's just the text whereas with this there's a lot more room the script is a lot looser as you know since it's a musical obviously it's got non-diegetic songs and that so it's obviously gonna be by design a lot more open to interpretation rather than literally just reading the text as is so I think, yeah. if anything, there's possibly more room to look into this. It's just, it'll be a lot more of, this is my theory, rather than, this is what's on screen. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure we'll ever have, like, a right answer for the, the full Mamma Mia story, but hopefully in, what week we are now? We're in week nine, so in 43 weeks time... We'll have 52 we should have... different versions. Yeah. <laughs> exactly and it, it, of course to get a, a good idea of any topic any topic at all in your your regular life it's it's good to get as as nuanced an opinion and as nuanced a view on everything so don't come to us we should shout out our patrons huh oh yeah we shit i forgot shout. that that's the thing we have to do uh our okay. first patreon is Our second patron is Mrs. H. Mrs. H. Our third patron is Jack Kavanagh. Jack Kavanagh. And the fourth, currently final patron is Andy Kinsler. Andy Kinsler. Depending on who you are, he may or may not be the man of your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to support us uh, if you want your name shouted out in this section go to patreon.com forward slash freebeansaladpod I'm pretty sure it's the word free but I keep forgetting I'm so sorry I should really <laughs> make notes of these things <laughs> it, it, it is it, I think it is the word three you're good yeah, you, you think good. you think uh, <laughs> but uh, yes it, 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 go to patreon.com forward slash uh, freebeansaladpod it is the word free uh, just checked it there and uh, donate five US dollars or more per month uh, and you will get your name read out in this section and a bunch of other rewards or you could donate less and get your name not read out in this section and other rewards or you could donate more potentially lots more and uh, get uh, quite a quite an amount uh, I'm on our Patreon page there and it says we've only got three patrons so uh Oh God. Whoops, so what are you guys getting dropped? Yeah, why are you guys getting edited out, I'm afraid? Why are you guys getting bleeped? Uh I'm gonna need to gonna need to look for that. Oh, uh, but, Please, yeah. I need new pants. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Uh we were only getting twenty dollars a month, now we're only getting fifteen. That's only like a euro. Follow us on TikTok. I put up an ad for our Patreon uh on it earlier, and you can check it out. He needs new jeans. And then and then donate. I need new I need new khakis. <laughs> My good Look, khakis. Like like all of Sky's friends say to him, you're not your fucking khakis. <laughs> so uh Yeah, uh nothing else to say, I suppose I'm just gonna say sunny side up, lots of farewell. Sweet dreams. Makers away. Away, away.
it's good to get as as nuanced an opinion and as nuanced a view on everything. So if you so listen to all come fifty-two to episodes, uh, I was gonna, I was gonna toot our horns, but no, fuck it. Our yeah, horns we're need no further tooting, sir. <laughs> Mister IBS yeah. himself. Oh god, I took such a messy shit earlier. <laughs> Zoe couldn't even shower. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Did you shit in the shower? No. (laughs) No, the bathroom was just like... It was was everywhere. (laughs) Look, I feel like this is a conversation for after. No, no, this is a conversation I want to have on mic as much as possible. So okay, it was so um, messy that she couldn't take a shower, is what you said. No. <laughs> Not it that it was, was so <laughs> smelly, but it, it was so messy. No, God, that is what I said. I, I, I guess, well, look. <laughs> oh, God, oh, God. In for a penny, in for a pound. Look, put it this way. I shat so hard that I may as well have had eyes tattooed on my ass cheeks. It was not pretty 